0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Paul's Ministry in Thessalonica, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, We only examined verses 1 and 2. It was impressively rich with understanding. Chapter 2 has 16 verses on the subject, Paul's ministry in Thessalonica. Who knew this passage was so full of understanding? I have known this for some time, as the Second Coming has always been a favorite and first study of mine. I have known the Lord for well over 35 years. The Second Coming of Christ has been a self study of more than 34 of those same years. This gives me some qualification and knowledge on these two books in the Bible as well as others. They comprise much of what we should learn about the Second Coming of Christ. Even so, they also are rich with other content. That is frequently ignored. This is why I have devoted these two books to our summer series this year. I think the timing could not be better. Last week, we looked at only two of eight verses to show you how jam packed the chapters are with good, solid information for us today. We are looking at the first eight of 16 total verses. Hopefully, This week, we will look at the remaining six verses, despite how jam-packed things are in these two New Testament books. Last week, one of the things we noticed was how commentary is extremely extensive in helping us interpret this chapter. However, look at what these apostles, Paul, Silas, and Timothy did. Today, We call it humbling ourselves. They did so among the Thessalonians so not to usurp the authority God established in Thessalonica. That alone is a lesson in itself with regard to how so many brothers and sisters try to make a name for themselves in a church, on the Internet, and especially on YouTube. Yes, Using these platforms for good godly purposes is a good thing. However, is that how they are used? This week, our examination continues in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So, let's just jump right in. For you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, about our coming to you. It has not proven to be purposeless. But although we suffered earlier and were ministered in Philippi, as you know, we had the courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God, in spite of much opposition. For the appeal we make does not come from our error in impurity or with deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people, but God, who examines our hearts. For we never appeared with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness, nor to seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ, instead, we became little children among you. Like a nursing mother caring for her own children, with such affection for you, we were happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-8 through eight. This week, we pick up this passage starting in verse 3. For clarity, we just read, For the appeal we make does not come from error or impurity with deceit, but just as we have been approved by God, to be trusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people, but God, who examines our hearts. Notice the very important statement Paul makes here in Scripture when it comes to declaring the gospel, quote, not to please people, but, who? Scripture says, but God, end quote. Paul's comment is they shared the gospel, even provided instruction. To please who? God! Not man, not the church of current attendance, not family, not friends, but to please God. This is the most valuable lesson from this portion of Scripture we can learn, if nothing else. We will continue by noting their ministry was not found in deceit, uncleanliness, or guile. Commentary on this reads further. Or, quote, error, end quote, was not fallacious, meaning containing or based on a fallacy, tending to mislead, deceptive, delusive, or disappointing, or a fallacious hope, as the Ethiopic version renders it, it consisted of nothing but truth. It was the word of truth, and the truth as it is in Jesus. Nor did it proceed from any intention to deceive and impose on persons. It was no act or instance of engaging in deception under an assumed name or identity. imposture. The definition of imposture is the act or instance of engaging in deception under an assumed name or identity, continuing, nor of uncleanliness. It did not spring from any impure affection for any sin, for popular applause or worldly interest, nor did the ministers of it connive at uncleanliness in others or practice it themselves, as did the false teachers, but bore their testimony against it, both by word and example, and taught no doctrine that encouraged to it, but, on the contrary, the doctrine which is according to godliness, and which teaches men to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, nor in guile, as there was no deceitful design in the ministry of the Word, nor anything impure and immoral in the matter of it. So there was no artifice used in the dispensing of it. It was plain and simple, without any color and guile, without the hidden things of dishonesty, without craftiness, and handling the word deceitfully. And this is a reason why the apostles preached it with so much freedom and boldness, because there was nothing false, impure, or artful in it. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. If nothing else... The last portion of this commentary section should be well understood. Let's read that portion again for clarity. There was no artifice used in the dispensing of it. It was plain and simple, without any color and guile, without the hidden things of dishonesty, without craftiness and handling the word deceitfully. And this is a reason why the apostles preached it with so much freedom and boldness, because there was nothing false, impure, or artful in it. Is this found in America today? Is it found this way in many American churches, on the Internet and or on YouTube? The answer to that question is quite easy. No! Verse 4 in the continuation of the total thought found in the complete sentence that makes verses 3 and 4. For clarity and remembrance, verse 4 reads, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people, but God who examines our hearts. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 2, verse 4. Somewhat long commentary for this verse reads, Since there had been committed to us an office so high and holy, and so much demanding sincerity, fidelity, and honesty, we endeavored to act in all respects in conformity to the trust reposed in us. The gospel is a system of truth and sincerity, and we evinced the same. The gospel is concerned with great realities, and we did not resort to trick and illusion. The office of the ministry is most responsible, and we acted in view of the great account which we must render. The meaning is, that Paul had such a sense of the truth, reality, and importance of the gospel and of his responsibility as effectually to keep him from anything like craft or cunning in preaching it. An effectual restrainer from mere management and trick will always be found in a deep conviction of the truth and importance of religion. Artifice and cunning are the usual accompaniments of a bad cause, and, when adopted by a minister of the gospel, will usually, when detected, leave the impression that he feels that he is engaged in such a cause. If an object cannot be secured by sincerity and straightforward dealing, it is not desirable that it should be secured at all. Even so we speak, in accordance with the nature of the gospel, with the truth and sincerity which such a cause demands, not as pleasing men, not in the manner of impostors who make it their object to please men. The meaning of the apostle is, That he did not aim to teach such doctrines as would flatter men, as would win their applause, or as would gratify their passions or their fancy. We are not to suppose that he desired to offend men, or that he regarded their esteem as of no value, or that he was indifferent whether they were pleased or displeased, but that it was not the direct object of his preaching to please them. It was to declare the truth and to obtain the approbation of God, whatever men might think of it. From Barnes New Testament Notes That alone is an entire discussion. So much was said in this commentary passage. As a result, I am only going to look at the objects that point at the church in America that calls itself a place for those saved of grace, but is nothing more than the same conventional American church with little, if any, rethinking of how it should be with regard to what is being pointed out here in commentary. I know that was a long sentence, but we do have our own problems here in America. That's not to say there are not good churches, because there are. If you notice nothing else in this commentary passage, notice this. It was not the direct object of his preaching to please them. That alone is a study in itself, but in its simplest form here, Do you understand what commentary just said? Sharing the gospel or preaching the gospel both is not about making a name for yourself. One must be humble in the regard of self-recognition. If you are on the internet somewhere seeking glory and approval from others, you are going about this all wrong according to the Bible. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be on the internet But you should not be using the Internet as a source of Biblical glory to be shown on yourself. However, the next and first thing we should note in commentary is this, quoting, The gospel is a system of truth and sincerity. In the American church, many times, Believers have struggled with this very statement as an issue. They have no system of truth and sincerity. This is why many messages from the pulpit in such churches is so unfulfilling. The church bodies in such a church are like lost cattle meandering in the field of life. The cattle just and simply. Assume the greater understanding is not for them, but for the minister or pastor to understand and tell the herd that it is meant in these mysteries. Seldom, though, in many American churches do you find the answers that elude many people who attend these churches. This is due to the fact such churches lack the knowledge of and understanding here noted in commentary, as a system of truth and sincerity. Commentary also said, If an object cannot be secured by sincerity and straightforward dealing, it is not desirable that it should be secured at all. Even so, we speak, in accordance with the nature of the gospel, with the truth and sincerity which such a cause demands not as pleasing men not in the manner of impostors who make it their object to please men notice this if nothing else in this commentary it ended with this not as pleasing men not in the manner of impostors who make it their object to please men I think this restates what I just said regarding a system of truth and sincerity. I think it just reinforces this thinking found in the deeper look here. Commentary also stated, If an object cannot be secured by sincerity and straightforward dealing, it is not desirable that it should be secured at all. There is your standard right there. If an object cannot be secured by sincerity and straightforward dealing, it is not desirable that it should be secured at all. This is where we all fall short in our life in Christ. The problem is, some of us seek forgiveness when we realize it and others do not. They even enjoy the deluded freedom this falsehood alludes to in their mind and heart. This scripture passage provides for us the reasoning for all we have studied to this point in this episode. It reads, For we never appeared with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness nor to seek glory from people, either from you or from others, although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ. Instead, we became little children among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. With such affection for you, we were happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 5 through8. The implication here is that they lived among the Thessalonians more like family than strangers. What church have you attended where this was a driving force for their existence and ministry to an unsaved world? Did or does the church you attend divide the saved and the unsaved with the notion of protecting its members and their beliefs? Maybe that explains the lacquered witness of today's church and many people of God. Next week, we will continue to examine Paul's ministry in Thessalonica, part 3, in the end of this section of chapter 2. Verse 9 says a mouthful and then some. The new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible reads in part For the ministry of the Word is a work and a laborious one when closely attended to, a preparation for it by prayer, reading, meditation, and much study, are wearisome and fatiguing. Play or download next week's episode titled, Paul's Ministry in Thessalonica, Part 3. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes, without a citation, are from the New English Translation Free Version. All other quotes bear the source they are from. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving him as lord and savior of your life please find a short link to our episode titled how to be saved at the bottom of any episode description to learn more about us and who we are give our episode titled introduction about us who we are a listen in that episode you will learn more about us who we are reaching out to our mission vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at Site123 is unchurched.site123.me this website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church." Again, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now, to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of of the unchurched.